Hello, this is episode number 12 of East Meets West, the podcast where Nick and I uh, podcast every couple of weeks uh, from our respective homes in Ottawa and Calgary. Nick, did I do that right? It's, uh, it's all about how the individual wants to present it, you know? So mm-hmm. if that's how you wanted it, then it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, it, it was fine. I'll take it for now. I'll call it uh, Unwind Media's hardest podcast in that there is the least amount of fluff in it. Absolutely. Yeah. The other ones are pretty much all fluff, I got to say. Basically. Have you heard Ottawa? It's just... Oh, man. Nick, it's going to sound so good tomorrow. You have no idea. Ooh. Excited. Do you have, like, yep. multiple uh, things, the thing I'm talking into right now? Yep. We each have a microphone. Ooh. I'm as excited for the word microphone as I am for uh, for the tech update. Yeah. Um, Nick, do you want to tell people, this is part follow-up part, do you want to tell people um, why we sound maybe a little more uncomfortable than we would otherwise this episode? I don't feel as though I feel, or okay. I sound uncomfortable, but... Part, part of me feels more comfortable, part of me feels less comfortable. <laughs> Could uh, you explain... I was going to say long-time listeners to the show, but uh, viewers to the show will see that neither Rob nor I are wearing shirts. Yes. And listeners, well, they might sense it somehow. <laughs> I'm just going to move around like this and they won't hear rustling. It's just yep, no wrestling yeah. at all. I'll do the same. Yep. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we are topless, this podcast. Hashtag free the nipple. Is there a reason why we are topless? Uh, last episode, we talked a lot about toplessness and mm-hmm. how it relates to equality in general. And so we decided to exer- exercise our right this time. Although we, our right is not the one being taken away. This yeah, no, more... it's totally. But I mean, solidarity yeah, or something? Yeah, absolutely. Solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was never the problem for men to expose their bare chests, but Yeah. Probably not going to convince a lady to do the same on a on a video podcast. And that's the problem. I mean, you probably couldn't, but that's a whole different show. <laughs> it's I don't know. It's sad that we can't have that kind of equality. If, yes. if anyone wants to podcast topless with us, they are more than welcome. Absolutely. If they want to talk about politics and beer and hockey, because that's usually what we talk about. Exactly. And uh, well, that being said, why don't we why don't we get to politics? We had some big announcements today. Yeah. Speaking of gender equality. Yeah. We have a cabinet that is 50 percent men, 50 percent women. Well, not counting the prime minister. Sure. The prime minister's cabinet has reached gender parity. Yes. I, uh, I was trying to phrase this in such a way that because uh, right, we have a bunch of ministers now, uh, 30 ministers. We do. And we have one prime minister. Yes. And I wanted to phrase a joke in such a way, and I wasn't able to do it. I'll preface that. Uh, I wanted to phrase the joke such that Justin Trudeau was just the, the transformer equivalent. Like I wanted to say he was minister prime, like a transformer would be. But there's no, there's no way to phrase that joke properly. And I feel kind of bad, but so we have a bunch of ministers uh, who are equally uh, in number, at least male and female. 
and then we have one minister prime i think because they did come in on a bus Mm -hmm. i'm not sure if kent Hare did because of the wheelchair but do you think when they left he said all right cabinet roll out (laughs) absolutely he said that i think he especially said that to kent (laughs) (laughs) yeah you think so yeah (laughs) (laughs) jokes are fun so what what are your thoughts on this i mean you what did you think about kent getting the position uh on the um ministry cabinet i didn't think he was going to get it until they started talking really hardcore about how he wanted it representative of the country at large and so i thought about it and i went well i mean geez if if he does want a minister from alberta there are four of them and kent's got a pretty good cv to be a minister but i i didn't have high hopes that he would be a minister but uh he is the Minister of Veterans Affairs and Associate Minister of National Defense. Right. I have not gotten a phone call. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> but yeah, and so that's exciting. Like this is the first time in Canadian history that the cabinet has been 50% men, 50% women. And- And perhaps the most shocking part is that all it took was for someone to say, I'm going to do this now. Yeah. And actually following through. And with spectacular, uh, as with all spectacular discoveries and things like that, you look, you look at it afterward and go, well, why hasn't it always been that way? Yeah. Well, you, uh, did you see the video that I think it was the CBC posted? Um, he was asked by, um, a reporter rosie barton yeah why and he's just like well it's 2015 i figured it was time for this to be a thing oh, it should wait. have been a long time Different ago one. yes yep which is great that's just stellar pretty yep. happy <laughs> the, the ironic part of me the joking part of me wants to say yeah go men good good decision mr trudeau way to uh way to keep the balance <laughs> But yeah, I won't say that. <laughs> Let's just have five ourselves as men being so uh, so proper now. Finally, yeah, twenty fifteen. Exactly. It only took like one hundred and fifty years of Canadian Confederation. Yes, That's exactly. All. That's all it took. <laughs> Do you did did any of these uh, other uh, ministers stand out to you as being noteworthy? Um, our minister of national defense is like a veteran of 23 years in the military. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, I was honestly a little sad that I didn't see Bill Blair as minister of public safety or something like that. Not saying that, you know, the, the current analog, I'm not actually sure. I haven't looked into this nearly enough, but, uh, I'm not saying the current minister in that capacity is less qualified. I'm just saying, you know, celebrity candidate, GTA, took down Rob Ford. Sure. I don't know. In terms of personalities, not so much. Although, oh, the, the minister in charge of sports and people with disabilities. Yeah. 
One, and this comes from Kaya's psychological studies because we talk a lot about learning. It's what we do. Yeah. Um, she pointed out to me early on in our relationship that you shouldn't refer, refer to people with disabilities as disabled people, but rather okay. people with disabilities because right. just in terms of how the human mind works, there is a cognition Okay. thing that happens with that so you should recognize them first as people with disabilities and not just a disabled person sure and that minister is functionally blind and was also a paralympian wow so it's like when they announced the title of it it was like man like kent played pretty high level hockey until he had his accident. So I feel mm -hmm. like he would be great for sports and people with disabilities. And then they put her resume up. And I was like, Nope, that's a solid choice. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, I did want to point out there's also an astronaut in the cabinet now. And that makes me really happy. Is it, is it the honorable astronaut Mark Garno or astronaut honorable? <laughs> we we discussed this earlier. I think it's astronaut always goes first. Yeah, and you don't even almost need the honorable. That's just implied by the oh. astronaut part. And yeah, I was surprised he wasn't minister of science. Because right, I mean, but, yeah, space, space. Well, minister of transport. What what is the best possible <laughs> transport? <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone knows, <laughs> yeah. He might be Planes, one of the trains, automobiles, the and space Canadians. shuttles. He's yeah. uh, he's done them all. Yeah. <laughs> what more could you want? Yeah, I I found it interesting, but I mean, I'm used to my background. I've been working the last couple of years at NSERC. and uh, so I'm used to dealing with the Minister of Industry, and I don't. There is no longer someone named Minister of Industry. Um, that has been presumably i haven't done too much research into this today but presumably been replaced by the minister of innovation science and economic development yeah which is I'm nice to, i'm just gonna try and pull up an article on this this will make right. for great listening well i mean and so ncerc they they have two pillars of research and their innovation and discovery so i feel like this minister kind of fits exactly in in that mm -hmm. slot I was, oh, yes, Stéphane Dion as yeah. Minister of Foreign Affairs, which, great to see him back, because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got, uh, they got trashed. Right. Under Dion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Innovation, Science, and Economic Development, that's probably going to be the Industry Canada sort of yeah. portfolio. But they also have a couple that kind of overlap just a touch. Yep. There's there's going to be a lot of kind of multiple involvement. I it, It's hard to say for sure, but I feel like that's the closest fit. Also, Minister of Small Business and Tourism. Mm -hmm. Well, That's an interesting one. That's an interesting name, I've got to say. Bardish Chagar? Ch yeah, Chagar? That, that's Chagar? an awesome name. I don't know. I'd say probably the best name is Hunter Tutu. Yeah. Well, Fisheries especially Oceans given the needs. Coast Guard. Yeah. Um, I also thought that it was interesting. We've had Minister of the of Environment before. That's not a new position, but they added 
climate change to that portfolio explicitly. Yeah, environment and climate change. Yeah. Which is, I mean, this is all purely symbolic. And it is. It is my sincerest hope that it won't be empty symbolism. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, you know, here's hoping. Also, yeah. again, just noteworthy, Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister, comma, Intergovernmental Affairs, comma, and Youth. Oh, there you go. Except CBC did not use the Oxford comma, so CBC, <laughs> please remedy that. We do have standards here. Uh, yeah, there's um, the, another interesting one here. Minister of Public Services and Procurement. So I don't, I don't really have... The last time we went through this kind of cycle of, of picking a new cabinet and sort of renaming... Uh, the cabinet positions as as the new prime minister sees fit um i'm not aware of any former minister of public services and procurement or anything like that so it's interesting to see that sounds like public works yeah but uh interesting naming choices like yeah because this is not the first time that names have changed yeah but (sighs) exciting times absolutely very exciting times it's it is a very very diverse group, uh, gender notwithstanding, and I'm really excited to see that. Lots of people represented here. Oh, um, other quick note: mm-hmm. we have a minister of democratic institutions. However, we do not have someone specifically appointed to be the government representative in the Senate, and that's interesting. Because up until this point, the I guess the leader of the Senate has been a member of the Prime Minister's cabinet. Okay. Yeah. So, what do you see that as? Uh, do you see that as indicating something, or just? Um, I listened to an interview with one of the Senate Liberals not long ago, but they were saying that the Senate does have a question period as well, and it usually goes to the leader of the government within the Senate. But since the Senate, the, you know, liberal senators have been expelled from the liberal caucus. Uh, okay. So get, there's, we don't know yet. Unless they themselves elect a leader or self-select a leader, there's no one to take those questions. And it doesn't seem like Trudeau named one today. Right. So based on your understanding, could that change? Like, can this shift at all? Can he appoint one? Or is this kind of it for his current time? I'm not entirely sure how that works. I know they do cabinet shuffles, so he Mm -hmm. could, you know, shuffle it around. Right. Yeah. It's uh, But it's a, a lot of interesting discussion, and it's good to see at least one one campaign promise completely followed through on it on day one, like during the swearing in process. Yeah. This is like, this is day zero right yep. here. He's yeah. not even been prime minister for what it's now. 12 hours. Seven hours. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I should, we should probably stay on the topic of liberals here for a minute and just discuss, um, how our applications to the Liberal Party are going. <laughs> I, had, yes. uh, I had three different people send me 
the email that they received from the Liberal Party saying, oh. apply to the Liberal Party. And uh, while I have not done so yet, I feel as though I'm in good company in applying soon. What about you? Yes. Uh, well, I am currently one of over 11,000 applicants. Okay. So that's reassuring. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they have about, I guess, a thousand positions to fill. Mm-hmm. But, whew. Like so, they had, they had a, an email sent out on last Friday saying, mm-hmm. you know, oh, send in your application to work with the liberals and forming the new government. And I thought to myself, well, I'd work for the government because I've, my belief internally anyway, has been that if I have to leave Calgary, I would like to, I would like it to be for something really good. Yeah. So joining the public service in Ottawa, I would totally. I would totally be happy with leaving Calgary for that purpose. Right. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll send that in. Got got my feet wet in politics and I liked it enough. And then the Monday they're like, yeah, we have 11,000 applicants. It's like, oh. <laughs> I'm I'm a little encouraged to hear. I didn't know exactly how many positions they were looking for. And so hearing that it's a pretty big number is reassuring a little bit. But also when I got when I got the email forwarded to me, Opening the sheet, the application form, it's a really simple form. So it's not a lot of work to just upload a resume and hit apply. It takes, yeah. it could take all of 30 seconds if you wanted it to. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel so bad. I feel like if I put in my best resume, I would at least still have a shot. I'm not just kind of, it's not doing nothing, but it's just doing almost nothing. Yeah. Um, and apparently the, the resumes they've gotten have been impressive, like PhDs, lawyers, Etc. Etc. Makes sense. I'm not sure how many of them have on the resume that they have worked for a cabinet minister, but yeah. so at least I got that going for me. Does it still count if you worked for them before they were one? He's a cabinet minister now, and I worked for him. Well, that's, that's <laughs> what I mean. Uh, I'm gonna say yes for entirely self-serving reasons. I, I mean, if he, if he would provide a reference in any capacity, then I would say it still counts. The best reference would be like, "Hey, you know this guy, Nick? Yeah, I know him. Oh, cool. Thought he was lying. Because <laughs> they would actually go through the effort with each application to check. <laughs> um, for whatever reason, I'm assuming that you know he he opens the email with kent in the room yeah because naturally i mean it's it's justin going through all these applications so obviously he has his cabinet with him to make these decisions um well apparently it's either the government or the party that takes care of staffing for cabinet ministers right so i don't know how much how much uh actual say he has in it yeah the uh, the sarcasm in that statement was completely missed by you, so <laughs> I think we can safely move on. Yeah, sorry, I got I got briefly distracted there. That's okay; it happens. Um, you have on here Remembrance Day is coming up a week from today. If I'm not, if my math is correct, um, you have here you can't find a poppy. I can't find a poppy. I I've been out and about and out in a boat and oot in a boot mm-hmm. and i have not found a poppy yet i 
am flummoxed because you're only supposed to wear it for this like 11 day period. Right. And here we are um, almost halfway through and I haven't done it yet. I mean, I haven't left the house much, but I did see one at the grocery store last time I was there on the weekend. See, I've been to the grocery store and I haven't found one. I didn't find one there. Huh. I've been to a coffee shop and those are like the two places you find them. It sounds like you got to go down Main Street and you got to go door to door, find one. I like how we connect that up. It sounds like you got to go down Main Street there. You got to go door to door. Yeah. <laughs> find yourself a pappy. Uh, well, what's Main Street here? Like well, I know. 17th? I mean, 10th is like pretty exciting. Stephen Avenue? Yeah, it crafting. could be anything. Oh, yeah, Stephen might. Hmm. Depends Maybe I'll go to from. OJ's and get. OJ's has some pretty great happy hour specials, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I think $5 pints of anything Albertan. Or, That's and, not bad. And you know what they call it domestic? They say, these are our domestic pints. The domestic pints are the ones that are like right around the street. Right. Whereas other places like Loco Lou's have domestic pints on sale. It's like, Oh, cool. So can I get a wild rose? They're like, oh, no, it's domestic. I'm like, how? How? <laughs> so you're using the word domestic, and I'm not sure you really know what it means. Right. It's like, oh, you know, Canadian, Coors, Bud, Blue. It's like, well, are they domestic? <laughs> or like, It's like discount. <laughs> or maybe not Bud, but yeah, so. Yeah. I have strong feelings. I've heard I've heard it used that way too. Yeah, I should just go to OJ's and have a cheap pint between four and six. Yeah. Maybe find a poppy. Yeah, for sure. I um speaking of reasons not to leave the house, um maybe we could talk a bit. I, I've been wanting to it's been a while since I wrote about Soylent, and I kinda want to talk to someone about it. Okay. So I have been, it's been almost a month. It'll be a month next week that I've not had a job. Mm -hmm. And as such, I've not been riding my bike to work. I've not been making any kind of transportation to and from work. Uh, And so I had, or well, I have lost about 30 pounds since the summer when I started riding my bike and I started having Soylent. And I have found in the three, three and a half weeks since my last bike ride that I've been able to basically lose about a pound a week still. And I don't have to try very hard. Like I can eat pretty much whatever I want. As long as I am aware that like I weigh myself every day and I'm aware that I'm not going crazy. Um, because I'm still having soylent at lunch. And I find that, I don't know. Have you found the same thing in, in that it, makes you full even if you're not exercising as much as you maybe would like to now when you say going crazy i mean we've been over what you eat in a day right no i'm when i mean going crazy i'm talking about old me going crazy like i would just sit and eat a bag of chips out of nowhere and then eat like have it buy a 12 pack of hot dogs and eat them in two days like i'm talking just buy a lot of food and eat all of it in okay. a very short amount of time. All right. I was going to say that's not entirely inconceivable. Right. Like I, I went to a Halloween party and I ate a whole bunch of cookies 
and chocolate and candy and I drank some oh, I didn't drink any beer that night actually but I had like I had probably I am three so times sorry to hear that well I had to drive you see what kind of a Halloween is that I know drive you mean you didn't take an uber I didn't I did not take an uber it would have been it would have been normal taxi fare amount for me to take an uber and so oh, god just drove I know I know have you thought about getting a moped, particularly after uh, yeah. Macklemore's smash hit downtown, which is amazing? Well, you know, the problem with the moped for me is, I mean, it has the obvious downside of being very quick and easy to get around from place to place. Um, but Is winter? Well, winter being one thing, but also I kind of like biking. I kind of like actually putting the effort in. Yeah, as do I. But Yeah. And so... Los Angeles, especially downtown, obviously, um, there's not, you're not going to get a lot of snow. You're not going to get a lot of inclement weather uh, that would stop you from being able to ride a moped. But here, you probably only have six or seven moped months, maybe even less. I'm not convinced it's a good idea. Eh. Now, if I could get a four-wheeler, like an ATV type of thing going on, where I can just ride in the bike lane all year long. Well, not all year long, but when well, it is snowing. you can't ride in the bike lane on an ATV. That's it's not how that works. All right. When it's snowing, I'll ride in the bike lane because obviously there's no bikers there except for the crazy ones. Can you not go the speed limit? Because if you can't go the speed limit on this vehicle, why are you riding that vehicle? Well, you can't go the speed limit on a moped. I mean, I guess you could probably go 50, but you're not going to go. Which is the speed limit frequently. No, I know, but I'm saying like that's the that's the absolute slowest a speed limit gets unless you're riding around a schoolyard. You're not gonna. You probably wouldn't get up to sixty. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable going sixty on a moped. Well, look at you. Yeah, cautious Curtis or something. I would feel conf- I would feel pro- probably pretty comfortable going sixty on a bicycle. I've hit. I'm sure I've hit 50 at least, 55 going down a hill, but. Yeah, I've hit 55 too, but I don't want to maintain that over the long term. That would be fun if you could. Can you imagine if your bike was powerful enough to actually do that? Jesus. It, no. Like it's, <laughs> In straights, obviously. I'd hit that going, going down Edworthy. Every day I'd hit that. Mm-hmm. And every day I rode the bejesus out of those brakes. Really? Oh, yeah. There are a lot of curves, and if anything or anyone jumps out from behind those curbs, curves, you need to be in control. <laughs> I really miss my bike, Nick. I, I can imagine. I have the utmost sympathy for you. I have gone for extended periods without my bikety bike, and it's awful. Yeah. It's just awful. Like You you look at a three-kilometer walk ahead of you, and you're like, God, and I have to hoof this like a sucker. It would take five minutes or less on a bike. I was going to say, this could be done in minutes, mere minutes, but it's going to take me a half a bloody hour to walk. (laughs) So my forward momentum isn't conserved. This is stupid. Yes. We are in complete agreement, but uh, the insurance check has come in. And so hopefully I'll be able to take advantage of some winter sales and replace it with something that is at least most of what it was. That's good. You should consider drop handlebars. You really should. Oh, I know. I, I mean, the ones I had were, I don't know what you call them. I, I tried to look it up. They're, they just come out at 90 degrees and go straight up. Bullhorns, I think. Is that the official name? 
like maybe kind of like race i guess they're i think they're called racing handlebars to be honest but like like mountain racing handlebars maybe yeah man i miss that bike on that note Mm. i've noticed within the bike culture here anyway that i've been to i've seen a couple bike rental places and they've got the bottom of the barrel thing which is a specialized la that's the cheapest bike you can rent which is a nice enough bike it's like thousand twelve hundred dollars because it's a carbon fork Uh, words what are they there's a carbon fork on the front yeah and then they're like and this is our mountain bike and that's you know standard bike mountain bike then they have their performance bikes and i was like ooh, what's that is it like a time trial bike is it just a full carbon fiber super nice bike and it's like a full suspension mountain bike and they're like yeah this is our primo stuff this is full performance full suspension uh, it's like god why i don't think you know what that means do you actually like the only reason i need this is if i actually intend on throwing myself off a cliff yeah while on a bicycle i ever since i first got my bike that didn't have any suspension i could never go back like it removes so much speed possibility so you're not dragging around shocks yeah i rode on one bike with shocks recently well in that it was in the last couple years and honestly you're trying to go up a hill and the shocks are just yeah the whole time just sapping all your momentum all your energy just horrid yeah that's the worst oh man just terrible and i mean it's oh even on the tinier like slick tires rather than the ones i have i'm not sure i'd want to do everyday riding on them because they it does take you for a slightly rougher ride but man they spin up so quickly and it's just oh yeah i should go rent a bike (laughs) would you recommend if i'm looking for a new bike would you recommend the a belt um it depends on what you want just a regular road bike mine's so mine's a hybrid which Mm -hmm. is well yeah yeah yeah. meant for city driving like exactly it's it's not tuned for going up and down edworthy every day which is (laughs) well regrettable but yeah it is what it is right i like it a lot especially if you want to be able to wear nice pants somewhere and not have to worry about grease or grit getting on them and i mean the obvious counter argument there is that if you just maintain your chain all the time it'll be fine but right it's just it's nice not to have to worry about it at all Mm -hmm. i like the internal gear hub because it like I just, I still haven't really had an issue with it other than the time I took my tire off entirely the wrong way. <laughs> okay. Like it, it's never been, it's never needed tuning unless I was the reason it needed tuning. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's really, really handy for commuting and okay. going to the grocery store, that kind of stuff. And I've done some like 50 kilometer rides on it 60 kilometer rides but it's that's kind of pushing what it's for 
Okay. So is does the like the does the gear system specifically make that a worse idea than having a chain for longer rides or for It's it's more the um the geometry of the bike. Okay. Okay. And the the belt system is slightly less efficient than a chain system where it, a chain system gets something like 97% return. Mm-hmm. Whereas the belt and well, the internal gear hub, uh, it varies a little bit, but you're looking more at something like 93% return on your effort. Okay. So that's another consideration, but mm-hmm. it's again, it's not, it's not meant for setting speed records. It's meant for getting you from point A to B. Right. It, I'm intrigued because it, it, that sounds similar to what I experienced when I had my knee surgery. They basically said, we can repair your knee. You won't get to a hundred percent, basically saying you're not going to be setting any new speed records sprinting. And I was like, I, my thought to myself was, you know, I probably wasn't anyways, but it, I was still sad to know for sure that I wouldn't be. So I feel like I would feel the same way doing that. Like I'm, I'm deliberately taking away from my own capabilities. I'd like but, to speak uh, just to that exact note for a moment. Mm. Because I remember at the end of the summer of 2013, when I was, you know, biking all day, every day, pretty much. Yeah. And I remember at the end of the summer thinking, I wonder if this is, the peak physical condition I'll ever be in. And I thought, no, like I've got this baseline of cycling ability now and I can just build on it going forward. You know, future's so bright. I got to wear shades. (laughs) Yeah. And then I broke my hip and I just went, Oh damn it. Cause I'm, I'm still not back to where I was. Like my legs are still at least very slightly asymmetric. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell when I'm using them that they're definitely asymmetric, but they, I mean, they don't look quite as bad now as they once did, but right. Yeah. That's so kind of sucks. Yeah. Doesn't that, uh, that's actually a rather nice segue into the next point I wanted to bring up. Um, so last night we're, we're switching gears to hockey, by the way. I saw Uh, last night, Connor McDavid broke his clavicle. Uh, the number one pick in the draft, the phenom hockey player, will now be out for several months because he slid into the boards awkwardly and with two other people. And I, like you said, that sucks. I, I can't imagine how he's feeling in that moment and now for the next several months as he tries to recover. Yeah, and granted, he's a professional athlete, so he is literally making millions upon millions of dollars to get better. Hmm? But it's tough. And I mean, if you can, my advice to everyone is that if you can go without breaking a bone, absolutely take that course. Oh, yes. It is not pleasant. No. But yeah, that. He's like 10 games into his NHL career and that like that's such a huge setback. And modern medicine, don't get me wrong, modern medicine, medicine will speed his recovery greatly. Like he had surgery the next day. Uh, but man, that's, that would be an immense bummer to put it mildly. Yeah. 
And I mean, well, although athletes, apparently athletes are often better able to heal than just mm-hmm. us plebes. And well, how do you define athlete? He gets paid to play a sport. Oh, okay. I thought I, I thought so I might qualify as one professional athlete. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, apparently they do have an easier time healing. So hopefully he's got that going for him, but yeah, I hmm. hope so. He was, he was really excited. Well, he, he is really exciting to watch. I'm, I'm going to put his probability of returning quickly within with like a 99%. So yeah, but, uh, I mean, at the same time, it's quicker than four months or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It probably depends on the severity of it as well. They may not know exactly what the timeline is, but. And for the rest of bad. it, the Oilers are without McJesus. Yes. Hopefully they, I mean, he, he already had something like 12 points already. Uh, <laughs> My God. Seven or eight games in a row uh, scoring a, a, or getting a point. So. Really wow. too bad. But uh, so on to happier news, Nick. Tell me about the Leafs. Rob, <laughs> brace yourself. <laughs> or I know you're sitting down because I can see you. Yeah. And I'm not going to blow your shirt off because that's gone. Yep. <laughs> but the Leafs, the Toronto Maple Leafs, have finally, finally won a game at home. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plan the parade. Uh, I think they've now lost eight, something like eight and one, two. Have you put any consideration into becoming a Flames fan instead? Have you seen how the Flames are doing? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I mean, you want to step up, right? You want to improve a little bit. <laughs> are you, I'm not sure their records are that dissimilar. No, I, I'm not sure they are, but... Uh, yeah, the Leafs are an interesting. Uh, they're an interesting team, to say the least. I I really like how they've been playing under Babcock. It's just mm-hmm. finishing those chances that is just proving ridiculously challenging. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, in in a sort of mirror, the the Habs lost their first game at home last night. Oh in overtime so it's still i they still get one point at least from that so how but, was last night in the natural household it was fine i only actually got to see the last half of the third period i'm not concerned about how you were feeling <laughs> well um julia was asleep by the time oh thank god by the time they lost, we she, we we went to lesser soul. Bed. She didn't have to live through that. Exactly. We uh we went to bed as the third period ended and overtime started, and uh, it only took thirty seconds of overtime for Oof. the Sens to score. So it was that quick. And it's funny looking at Ottawa and Montreal and going, "Who do I want to win this match?" Mm-hmm. Really don't know. I would think you would want Ottawa, but why though? Well, I just, in fairness, I with Alfredson gone, I don't have nearly as big a hatred for them. Mm-hmm. You obviously haven't seen Eric Carlson play. 
he is amazing. Like, no, he he he's a good hockey player. I'm uh, I'm not commenting on on his skill. Does he check people in the numbers? Is that a thing he does? Eh, I don't know. Because it would be befitting. It would, as I understand it. Yeah, we'll have another legendary Swedish captain who just numbers are like red to a bull with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forget where I was supposed to go with that. Oh yeah, who who wins, who loses? I I don't know. That's uh, I guess we'll leave that for history to decide. Sure. <laughs> as as you move further and further away from Toronto. You may have to switch allegiances, and who knows what team you'll end up cheering for. Maybe the Canucks? Maybe the Oilers? I did. The thing is, I'm, I'm not nearly as invested in the storyline now. Well, the Toronto storyline. No, I am still. Like, I, I've been reading, watching, etc. for seven years like with a lot of interest. And then you plunk me into Calgary, and I'm just like, oh, they're yeah, they're doing stuff. And we got this uh, Johnny Goudreau kid. He seems all right. Fair but enough. honestly, the it was last year that the Flames' possession numbers were just not great, and they were riding a high PDO, as I understand it. Their shooting percentage and save percentage was high. Yeah, and I looked at it and went, yeah, it's they're not going to do as much next year. And someone told me that I was wrong and, you know, they were just, it was all going up from there. I was like, yeah, okay, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and lo and behold, but it's been interesting because the Leafs and the flames last year were just riding the ridiculous waves where they were being outshot and outplayed, but they were still pulling out wins. Maybe the Calgary flames less. So, Mm-hmm. And this year, the Leafs have been out shooting, out playing, just playing great hockey, and they just keep losing. <laughs> and they finally beat the Stars after being outshot and outplayed. And it's like, ah, oh, what is it with this team? Why do sure. I like them? I I feel you on that one. I have no idea why you like them, but it's clear to me that you do. The benefit here is that it was dark days last year in which I just, like, they were very clearly making terrible decisions and it was taking them down. And mm-hmm. they kept making the same kinds of decisions. And I just looked at it and, well, I, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Like, I, it's not like I'm going to just switch teams, but I'm probably just not going to really pay that much attention to the Leafs okay. for a long, long time. Right. And then they fired Carlisle and got Mike Babcock, started doing intelligent things informed by analytics. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're moving in a better direction. So it's easier now. I'm still not watching as much hockey as I would normally. Yeah. In part because I just don't turn it on as much right now. And the other part being that. I live with someone who handles all the social planning for the household. <laughs> Much to her chagrin, she wishes I would plan more things, but uh, oh, of course, because I am a terrible human being. Yeah. Um. But she doesn't really adhere to the schedule like I do. The schedule. 
the leaf schedule. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, oh, we're going out tonight, but there's a Leafs game and okay. You can go somewhere where they're playing it. You go to people's houses and they don't Ugh. care. And a lot of them don't have cable. So this leads me to an interesting point in that I've been watching more hockey than usual. I have no, I have no real investment other than familial now um, by law ties to the Habs. But uh, I've been using liberally. It kills me to hear you say that. I, I know Rob, it does. It does. It really um, does. The NHL app from Rogers and NHL Game Center, the whole thing, is incredible. If you have a Rogers subscription, uh, one of their cable internet packages, or one of their share everything plans, you get NHL Game Center for free. And you can just literally watch any feed of any game that's playing ever on the internet. I do want that so much. It's like 150 bucks last time I checked or something like that for the season. And at the time I was like, that's outrageous. Why would I pay that? Now I look at it and go, it's probably worth it. If you want to watch it all. Yeah. You would need more data than you have, but really it, um, if you're watching full NHL games, Oh, well, let's think. If I paid, what is it, five, ten bucks extra a month to get unlimited from Tech Savvy in Alberta? Yeah. It's a little more to get unlimited usage. Mm-hmm. Maybe bump up my uh, down speed. And the Game Center Live. It's probably still going to be cheaper than getting Cable 1, that package 2. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. Cable comes with, like the NHL Game Center comes with the cable package, but yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's been wonderful. Like I can literally, no matter where I am, like on the bus last night, I just opened the app and started watching the game. It's And it's, oh, like, it's good quality. Cool. It's, uh, if you have it, like I wouldn't suggest getting it just to like i wouldn't suggest signing up for a rogers plan just to do that because rogers is unavoidably terrible but um if you already have it (laughs) by all means you should know that you can use it and it's awesome Mm. and i just on that note thinking about you coming home on the bus i i just want to go on record as saying that i'm i'm starting to miss ottawa more and more yeah yeah just I've been watching the politics. Yes. <laughs> I saw, I saw Rideau Hall today and it just looks so gorgeous in the fall colors. Yeah. It did. And I've actually been there. Like we went there on doors open to see Rideau Hall and all that jazz. Right. I sat down on a chair and was told that, no, you're not supposed to sit on that chair. And I'm like, why the hell do you have this chair here then? If people aren't supposed to sit on it, which what happens all the that? time, by the way. Have you ever been to a place and they have a chair out and they're like, oh, no, you can't actually sit on that one. It's like, then why is there a chair here? What, what chair was it? Oh, I don't know. Some couch. Oh, that makes. Yeah, that's bizarre. And they, they just are like, you can sit on any number of these other chairs. And it's like, I, but I. But I want that one. <laughs> yeah. You always strong feelings on chairs. For, yeah. Yeah. I just. 
I miss I miss Ottawa. Be, I miss being near the seat of power. I miss my Ottawa friends who I now haven't seen for over. Did I come right before I left for Calgary this time? You came last that I recall in what January, February, somewhere in there. Maybe March. No, no, no. It was earlier than that. It was about a year ago, actually, I think. It would have been September, October. Yeah. It was about a year. Yeah. Yeah, I miss <sighs> seeing people there. I miss I miss the Ottawa bike paths. Although the bike paths here are just wonderful. Yeah, they're both very good. But I don't miss the humidity <laughs> or the snow. That is just stupid. It is. Although Calgary's way of dealing with the with the smaller amount of snow is arguably worse. Is it? Yeah. Well, m- most streets, the streets that I lived on when I grew up, they basically they didn't plow them. They just allowed cars to slowly pack them into. You also very dense have ice. Chinooks here, so it's like, well, why yeah. bother? Occasionally, are you? Have you been here for the snow routes? How recent is that? Because I. My understanding was that happened under Nenshi, and you weren't here for Nenshi. Right. Um, that happened, to my knowledge, before Nenshi was ever even a household Which, name. by the way, I thought that was hilarious. That <laughs> Which? I saw snow routes for the first time and went, what, what is a snow route? Like, is it, is it especially prone to snow? Or and I asked around, I was like, oh, yeah, they plow those. It's like, oh, that's adorable. You only plow the major thoroughfares. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets a little sketchy after a while. If if it does snow a lot, it gets uh, treacherous. Yeah, I could see our our uh, our crescent or whatever it was on or in London. Just they never plowed, right? And it quickly became just packed this thick with ice, snow, yeah, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Although we didn't have the benefit of Chinooks. Right. Which will take care of that PDQ. Yes. That's a good acronym. Thank you. One of the very few that I didn't have to ask about, even though I've never heard it before. Uh, So, Nick, we have one more thing on the agenda. And I know literally nothing about this. So you are going to have to introduce the topic to me and then we can talk about it. Oh, man. Um, I haven't gone over this, the severity or the whole numbers game yet. Mm-hmm. But Hydra One, are you familiar with the story, Rob? No, I'm not at all familiar. Okay, well, back when I was a boy, Hydra One was the only hydro company for all of Ontario. Okay. And so, you know, that was fine, great, whatever. And then the Mike Harris government came in, and boy, did they change a lot of stuff. One thing they did was privatize Hydro One. And so I don't remember the exact specifics of it, but you know, it was it was market based after that. You had a bunch of different power companies doing a bunch of different things. Yada yada yada. I mean, and the theory was that privatization, you know, there a bunch of different companies are gonna compete and you're gonna wind up with much lower power prices. Spoiler alert, didn't happen. Okay. And the following, that would have been, it was Harris and Eves. That was after Bob Ray. And after Harris and Eves, it was McGinty, I think. 
McGinney took power, and I don't think it was a full-on reabsorption of Hydro One. It was something. But they basically took all the companies that have been created and said, okay, you're now Hydro One, but with the different labels, huh. or something like that, as I understand it. Okay. And now the wind government, which is, it's funny because this is the same liberal dynasty from when I was in high school. Yeah. Like Dalton McGinney stepped down because of the whole gas plants fiasco and whatnot, canceling yeah. them. Mm-hmm. But now Wynn wants to sell Hydro One in order to build infrastructure. Because she came to power on a platform very similar to Trudeau's in which she wanted to invest heavily in infrastructure to get the economy going. But she wants to sell Hydro One to do it and take those funds and invest them into infrastructure. And that's a terrible idea. I mean... Based on the historical precedent that they tried that already and it was it went terribly. <laughs> sure. And you're also depriving your government of that revenue going forward. Well, and I mean, there shouldn't be that much revenue. Like it, if you're offering it as a service, a truly essential service, I feel as though truly essential services should be absorbed by the government and administered by the government because yeah. they're essential and that's how that works. Mm-hmm. Just say it costs exactly this much and that's all you got to do. That's all you got to pay. But then you've you've just destroyed that for short-term goals. And granted, it's a very important short-term goal, getting Ontarians back to work, especially in the wake of the just disaster that has been the manufacturing sector. sector. Yeah. My God, what are you doing? just like i think it was the star that said listen if you just don't sell this you will get more money in the long run or within this four-year period you will take in more money from it than you would by selling it and then reinvesting Mm -hmm. basically it's a poor financial decision yeah they're going ahead with it anyway i don't like it it sounds, uh, well, I mean, it sounds short-sighted. It granted, sounds I like... have not read up nearly as much as I should mm-hmm. have on this matter because I am in Alberta now and it does matter just a little bit less to me. Right. It sounds, it sounds bad in that they already tried it. And yes, it may get you some money in, in the short term, but if in five years or ten years you have to buy it back again then what have you done really? Yeah. Unless you plan on buying it back in a few years and then what are you doing? Like, right. Just take the debt now when interest rates are low. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you, is this a done deal or is this something that they're still discussing? I don't believe it's a done deal. Um, the opposition parties are raising absolute bloody murder, in my opinion, rightly so. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the conservatives, the progressive conservatives of Ontario, who were the party that originally privatized them, are now saying, no, no, don't don't privatize it. We tried that and it was terrible. Don't do it. 
Right. And Andrea Horvath, I think, is the leader of the NDP in Ontario. Do you know this? Okay. Her name, the name sounds very familiar. I feel like it's Andrea Horvath. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. Fair enough. It's- so that's what's happening there, and I think it's a terrible idea. Yeah. And I assume this is a, one of those decisions that the government is making and there's not going to be any sort of, there may be consultation, but there's not going to be any sort of vote or consideration from the public. It's going to be, you elected us and we're going to do this. So, Yeah, they have a majority government, so there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot that anyone else can do. I mean, really, what's the worst that could happen is that they lose a bit of money in having to buy it back later is there something worse that could happen in the meantime energy prices could go up more than they already have and just stifle stifle ontario industry further i mean they're already high like they just went up again at the beginning of november yeah and they're getting high as i understand it yeah especially poor rural people like they do get money back on taxes um because of transmission costs and things like that they get money back to mitigate it right but it's expensive hmm yeah the only way i could see this being of some kind of benefit is if they somehow hire more ndt people and i get a job <laughs> yes and that's not like a yay ontario thing that's a yay me thing which is right. not how you should think about something like that. No, you. I mean, you shouldn't. You will, and you can, but you shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I will read up more on that. Fingers crossed. And in our next episode, I can talk about how silly I was. How very, <laughs> very silly. Well, and how right you were. Right, but silly. Maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Um... Fun note, Chalk River's still uh, still looking for people. Put an application in up there because uh, I could work on a nuke. And that's really exciting. You know how much I love nukes. That, that you would. Um, yeah, that sounds perfect for you. Right? Yeah. Work on a nuke up in Chalk River. I mean... Go snowshoeing, go skating. Maybe I, not skating. I guarantee you they received less than 11,000 applications. fingers crossed yes yeah but uh yeah you'll have to let me know how that goes as well if if you hear more yeah well as it stands i'm starting an exciting career with hudson's bay company on friday when i start orientation something to do with pelts i imagine oh yes many luxurious pelts Beaver. It's a fine fur. <laughs> yeah, I uh I I wish you all the best in that uh and more specifically, I wish you the best in Did you hear back about the the NDT exam? <sighs> Not yet either, which is so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it is exciting to be working for HBC when you consider that they have been in existence since 1670. Right. 
And they were responsible for a lot of the settlement of Canada. Yeah. Unless you're working for the British government, you basically, that's basically as old as you're going to get relative, yeah. like really. Pretty much, pretty much. So, I mean, that is exciting and it's nice to have a job and a paycheck. It's just one of these days I'd like to do something that I went to school for, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, I feel you on that one. Yeah. Maybe with all this infrastructure investment, they'll they'll need some more NDT people. I would hope so. I'll actually be willing to hire a trainee or two. Yes. One can only hope. Yeah. Nick, do you have anything else to uh, to talk about this week, or, or are you good wrapping it up now? Um, it's actually kind of warm in the apartment, but I'm okay with it right now. Mm-hmm. For some reason, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> It was actually really nice earlier. You and I talked about this off off air, but uh, as the sun was streaming in at the beginning of the podcast, it was just illuminating my chest and my chest only. Yes. And it was very, very angelic. <laughs> yes, it was. And it, and it remains so, really, if oh, I'm being honest. Thank you. That's, it's very kind of you, given that you can't actually see it with the camera angles here. No, but I mean, I, when you first sat down... I saw, I saw it in all its glory, oh, and that's that's wonderful. With you your so hair, much, Rob. <laughs> that was all I could think of was there is Jesus right there. Oh, <laughs> hashtag uh, Western Jesus, which yes. is an active hashtag. <laughs> if uh, if people are listening to this show right, this episode right now, I encourage you to at least go and look at some of the video feed because it is uh, it's different than normal. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I mean, and if you see Rob, just, I mean, you could get lost in those big blue eyes of his, but then there's the rest of them. Mm. <laughs> now we're <laughs> literally just teasing people to go from audio to video. Or whatever. Yeah. Whatever floats their want. boat. Mm-hmm. All right, Nick. Uh, in that case, I'll take us home for the day and let people know that they can find us uh, by searching East Meets West on Stitcher Radio or iTunes and head to unwindmedia.com slash EMW. And uh, you can see all the episodes of the show. I encourage you to subscribe and uh, hope you enjoy it. Bye for now. Toodaloo.